All right, no crying tonight. <laughs> I hope you are stirred. There are so many, uh, now I'm going to start crying. <laughs> before I get, I'm going to read from my notes. Before, I, before we get underway, I want to take a few moments to honour those that have gone before us and the youth. Man, it's hard to try and make up a story, Mum, to get you to sit on the front row. I had to be an admin person to try and convince her to sit there, and Lydia wasn't having a bar of it sitting up there, and she was like, no! But if it wasn't for people like yourselves, we wouldn't be here today. And so I want to tonight honour every youth leader, every youth pastor, every youth parents, to thank you for the many years of pouring into the lives of young people, the sacrifices that you make for our family, with your families, your finances, the personal times so you could teach us and show us that you care, the time that you spent hanging, <clears throat> the time that you spent hanging out with us, believing in us, and above all, showing us a personal faith in God, what God, a personal faith in God looked like. We will always be grateful for the crazy youth events, the life-changing youth camps, the action-packed weekends, the car rallies, the topsy-turvies, the countless coffees and lunches, the hundreds of tissue boxes. We cried our eyes out over friends and relationships and family challenges, and for being the people that we could confide in, confide in about our doubts and fears with our faith, as well as our hopes and dreams to change this world. You demonstrated God's love for us, and we will forever be grateful. So tonight, we look at this legacy, and often people think about legacy being associated with a time of death and funerals. Have you ever wondered what people would say at your funeral? What kind of legacy that you would have left? What kind of impact did you leave? You see, legacy is about passing something significant onto the next generation. Sometimes people with the greatest impact on our lives are the likes of sports coaches, school teachers, famous people, kids, te kids, church teachers, or even better, great parents. Now, these people have had such an impact on us that it significantly changed the course of our lives. People like Nelson Mandela, who had a huge impact on South Africa and the world, he fought for peace and equality for all people, regardless of their color. The unity and social change that surrounded his legacy will live on for years to come. People like Mother Teresa, who leaves a legacy showing great compassion for the poor and the needy, the orphans and the underprivileged. She taught the world to love those less fortunate than ourselves. When we think of great legacies, we often think of these famous people. But the truth is, we all leave a legacy. Some leave inheritances, homes, family recipes, and traditions, which often get passed from one generation to the next. And then there's other legacies that some consider bestly forgotten. But the greatest legacy to leave is a spiritual one. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Our spiritual legacy is that which we are called to be followers of Christ, men and women of God who are spirit-filled, Bible-believing, living out God's purposes, whether it's in the marketplace, in the ministry, on missions, 
being a parent or a leader. A spiritual legacy is equipping the next generation to know God. A testimony of this is that of my mum, who was sitting here somewhere. Basically, mum brought up 14 kids on her own, and at the age of four, at, at the age of 44, when my dad suddenly passed away, she is my hero. She left a legacy of sacrifice, overcoming great trials, determination, and what it means to love without measure. But her greatest legacy is that she left a spiritual one. Despite having a house full of rugrats, mom still kept her faith despite all the odds. She kept taking us to church every Sunday and regularly praying together as a family. The foundation of my Christian faith goes back to my mom taking us to Sunday school teaching us that prayer is a part of who we are. The challenge for each of, each of us here tonight, whether you're young or old, whether you've got kids or not, is how we pass on that spiritual legacy. Now before we unpack what this looks like, I wanna put it out there that this generation is hungry for spiritual legacy. Whether they know it or not, whether they want to know it or not, the truth is we need it as parents and leaders and mentors and key influences on the lives of people around you, it is important to understand that what we expose to the next generation will help determine who they become. What you expose the next generation to will determine who they become. The question is, what do we want to expose the next generation to? In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, he who walks with the wise will become wise. If you want to expose the next generation to the right, we want to expose the next generation to the right company, to right friends, and to encourage them to become who God's called them to be. Just like as Peter said, if you expose your kids to sports, they're going to grow up. They're going to want to. They're going to grow up in the world of sports. They're going to um, want to achieve as much as they can. And if they play rugby from a young age, I guarantee you that every young kid that plays rugby wants to become an All Black. If you expose them to music or art, your kid will, write, will, will um, grow up having a love for music and art. A spiritual legacy is about equipping the next generation to know God. And it is our responsibility to create, experience, <clears throat> create experiences and to give them the opportunity that will cause them to hunger for spiritual things. I want to say that again, it is our responsibility. It doesn't matter if you have no kids and you're a youth leader. It is our responsibility to create experiences and give them the opportunity to cause them to be hungry for the things of God. And I believe we can do this in three ways. I'm going to be really fast. Thank you, Pastor. The first one is expose them to a love for God. This generation needs to know what it is to love God. Not just coming to church, bringing your kids, coming to church, or bringing your family. Show us how to love God. As parents, as leaders, show us how to love God. Because if you demonstrate how to love God, then we catch it, and we run with it, and we say, man, I want that, God. I grew up with parents who grow, who know how to pray. Prayer is a part of my life because I've seen it. I've been a part of it. Show us what it means to love God. It's the Word of God. Show us how the Word of God can help us, not only in the great times, but in the hard times. 
show us as a family, when, you, when the going gets tough, we turn to the Word of God and we look for the answers here so that our kids go, oh man, the Word of God is real because I've seen it, I've seen it at, at work. Man, let fasting, man, we heard about this morning, but let fasting, you draw, we draw near to God through fasting, show us model it, demonstrate the power of God. Matthew 6, 17, it says, not if you fast, when you fast. And I am passionate about this last point. Show us how to love God, to love his house. God loves the church. He loves his house. As parents and leaders and influencers, show us, show the next generation how we love the house, how we're committed to build the house, how we're committed to give to the house, how we, how we pray for the house. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? This next generation needs to see that in power, needs to see the reality of that. In Psalms 84 verse 10, it says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, Lord. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. So on, expose us, show us how to love God. Two, expose us to God's presence and his power. This generation needs to see the power of God at work. We are called to be carriers of his presence. We don't just see what we read. We need to see what we read about is real. Exodus chapter 33, verse 8 to 10 and 11, it talks about Moses showing Joshua how to go into the presence of God. And I loved it. I'm going to really quickly read it. Moses went up to the tabernacle and all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door. And the Lord talked with Moses. Verse 11, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart. As Moses left the tent, his face was radiant because he spent time in God's presence. When you encounter his presence, people can tell. This generation needs to see the presence of God in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, and in your personal times with God. We want to see the power of God that's real. Um, real quickly, 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not of talk but of power. And you know what? Uh, last week we got that phone call about Abraham Wayne and that he had been seriously injured in an accident, hit by a truck. And man, as a church, we prayed together, and as a youth lead and youth, young people, we prayed, even in 11 and 12-year-olds, we shared it with them. We said, let's pray. Let's pray for God's power to come. And we had the best time on Sunday night to hear that Abraham woke up miraculously, and then on Wednesday to be able to go back to our young people and say, man, you prayed, and Abraham is now not just awake. He's eating. He's sitting up, breathing on his own, asking to go back to school. Like... All people could say was like, wow. <laughs> Medical professions are, were couldn't believe what happened. But we put it down because God heals, and that's the power of God to heal. So we want to expose them to a love of God, expose them to God's presence and power, and finally expose them to being used by God. You know, as a youth, and you've heard it today, each Christmas and New Year's, we send a team down to Beach Missions. And this is so life-changing for young people because they experience firsthand the power of God through them. 
And there's such a thrill um, to be, man, when you see a young person go up and share their faith for the first time to somebody and they're freaking out, and then they come back, and it could have went really bad, but they come back and they just go, man, there's such a buzz in them to be used by God. And we need to show them that, man, God can use them. And there's something about this generation, there's something, I wish I was a bit younger, but there's something about this generation, they are crazy and they're hungry to be used by God. And we, the church, need to show them that it is real and that God can speak through his word and that God talks about miracles and power and that, and it's real today for them. So we need to show them. So I'm just gonna ask the band to come up there, the thing is there are opportunities every day and everywhere to be used by God in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhood, in our, amongst our friends, in our universities. Our, our faith becomes alive when we step out, trust God, and we do His will outside these four walls. We are the church. The greatest legacy we can leave is a spiritual legacy, the legacy of equipping the next generation to know God. As we live our lives loving God, walking in His presence and power daily, stepping out in faith to be used by Him, we leave a legacy for others to follow. Daniel 11.32, those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Proverbs 13.22, a man leaves a good inheritance for his children's children. In Psalms 145 verse four, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Church, if you could stand with us.